was that a door in a haunted castle? Is that your Disarmed. yeah? <laughs> Hello and welcome. You're listening to the popcorn bucket. Oh. Oh, dude, I tell you what though, there, there was a rich tone to your voice then. No, seriously, like that was the thing. I was going to interrupt you to tell you how good your voice sounded, but I thought, no, he's going, he's going well. So, I'll... okay, no, that sounded good. Evening and welcome for relaxing time. Make it some Tory time. Thanks. Go, go. go. I can't recoup. I can't uh, <laughs> recapture that magic. Are you gonna bark all day? Just a figment of your imagination. Here's Johnny. You are a sad, strange little man. These guys were at it. Don't fail me again. Rosebud. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Popcorn Bucket Podcast with Ben and Rob. This is a regular look at the wonderful world of films, film franchises, and film nonsense. This week is a franchise fatigue episode in which we take a franchise and look at the high points, the low points and everything in between to sort the perfect puffs of popcorn from the sad stale bits at the bottom of the bucket. This week, the random popcorn maker of film topics or RPMFT has popped out. Ben? Well, it didn't pop out me. It popped out Percy Jackson. So I hate to kind of uh, spoil the, 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 the whole illusion there to break kayfabe, as they say, but I was the one who came up with this and I was like, Rob, you got to watch Percy Jackson movies. And you're just like, do I? And I was like, look, man, it's, it's interesting. They're interesting films in the way that they kind of go about things. And the fact that Disney Plus are doing a new live action series based on the books by Rick Riordan. I looked up how to pronounce his surname. So I thought, yeah, let's let's talk about it because they've always been a little bit of a, a kind of not guilty pleasure, but certainly some some kind of films I'd actually stick up for a little bit. It only goes so far, but I wanted to see what you think. Well, I hadn't seen them before uh, before uh, before watching them before this. Um, I think on paper they sort of sound like the kind of thing I'd be interested in. Um, I used to really adore the sort of Harry Potter books and the films to an extent. Um, I absolutely adore um, the Dark Materials books and TV series. Never seen the film of that. Um, and things like Hunger Games and stuff is okay. So I do, uh, you know, although we are admittedly considerably older now, that, you know, that, that kind of genre, I think I do always have a soft spot for. Um, yeah, so there are two films in the franchise. There are. Um, Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, which came out in 2010, uh, or possibly Percy Jackson and the Olympians and the Lightning Thief and the Lion and the Witch in the Wardrobe, which came out in 2010, yeah. and Percy Jackson and or Sea of Monsters in 2013. The first one was directed by Christopher Columbus, and the second one was directed by Thor Thru- uh, Frudenthal. Yeah, what a great name. Um, yes, Christopher Columbus is a great name. <laughs> um, so say so I... I hadn't seen uh, seen these films before. I knew a little bit about them, but mainly from watching it, uh, the sort of trailers and how it was almost sold as a um, as a sort of the next Harry Potter franchise. Not least because it's got Chris Columbus who directed the first two films. In fact, my sort of vague memory or awareness of it, I thought the film came out much earlier. It came out in 2010, so I spent the entire film thinking it came out in sort of the mid 2000s. 
um, because I, I kind of thought that Chris Columbus went straight from Harry Potter to there. Yeah, I think but, I think this this was the sort of last attempt at catching the bandwagon. Uh, they, okay. They're sort of kind of um, oh, Harry Potter's big. Let's set up our own kind of thing because you know, I mean, you had Potter, and then you had things like the Hunger Games, and yeah. and you know, so there was kind of a young adult kind of like rush just adapt these things so you know you had divergent and and you know all, all... maze runner and yeah things. exactly exactly and and it was kind of it was kind of between those two things it was sort of kind of between potter and and the sort of young adult kind of stuff and, and yeah. I, i've always liked the certain thing because i think uh young adult especially when, when it comes to sci-fi and fantasy and things I think they're always interesting because it's introducing perhaps younger readers to broad concepts in sci-fi and things like that. So, you know, kind of uh, certain things and, and possibly making them fans of sci-fi or horror or, or whatever going forward. And I think, you know, a good idea, you can boil it down to its basic elements and it will still work so you don't have to be super complicated you don't have to go into the lore of it all you don't have to go you know you don't have to have a flashback to 600 years ago when the you know the the council of the serious people were set up you know you don't need all that like sometimes it's just like the hunger games like this is this is what's happening. This is how it is. Yeah. So, so this, uh, well, this is based on the, the series of books, uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians by Rick Yorod. And there's quite a few books. And I think he's, he's done a few uh, lines of books, not just sort of the main, not just this sort of central story. So it sort of centers around uh, Percy Jackson, who's a sort of a late teenager. Um, well, he is in the film. Just, in the film, yeah. sorry. In, in the um, book, he's younger. And that's kind of yeah. the issue. But go on, carry on. Uh, so it centers around him, who just uh, Jackson, who discovers he is the uh, half-blood son of um, uh, of what well, a human lady and and Poseidon, a god. Uh, so he goes to a camp for other sort of similar youths who have one human parent and one god parent, where everybody, absolutely everybody, is introduced by what their parent does. Yeah, just like rich kid camps. I remember when they announced sort of the Harry Potter films when the books were, or, you know, when the books were starting to come out, and there was a sort of real worry that you know there were rumours it was going to be directed by Steven Spielberg and it's going to become really Americanized and it'd be Hogwarts High and there'd be uh, cheerleaders and a prom and everything. And this is almost uh, and red cups, red cups everywhere. Yeah, um, it's cups. You gotta have them. And this, this is almost. It seems to be the, sort of the, the paranoid version of an Americanized Harry Potter put into a film. Yeah. It's um, got quite a good cast. Um, like, certainly in terms of like established actors, Pierce Brosnan, uh, Pierce Brosnan is in it. Um, Uma Thurman, Sean Bean. Uh, and spoiler alert for Sean Bean, the human spoiler, doesn't die because he plays Zeus. Yeah. I know. I thought he'd find some way to do it, but no, he's, he's still yeah. around. Do you think he starred in more films that he hasn't died, uh, sorry, that he has died than, than hasn't. I'm sure the tally is more towards death. It's just because he's a good character actor, isn't it? So it's just like you can put him in anything and, and he, he tends to be a good villain. Uh, so you, you kind of have him. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure if you sort of, I reckon the ratio is probably about ooh, six to four in favour of dying on screen. 
Yeah. Um, I, I reckon I reckon he do, he needs to do a few more where he doesn't just to sort of like balance it out. More films like Percy Jackson, but not really. As kind of befitting of these films, there's so much expositional dialogue. He's got like a friend who turns out not to be his friend. He's 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 his protector and has been guarding him since they were kids. He walks with two crutches because it turns out he's a centaur. Well, uh, well, no, he's a satyr. Satyr? Yeah. Yeah, he's a goat man. Goat man. I did like that line. Are you half donkey? No, half goat. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, he's a goat man. It's, it's, spoiler, it's Pierce Brosnan who's the centaur. Uh, um, and I did like Pierce Brosnan as a centaur. Yeah, I did too. As my teenage diaries would attest to. But let's move on from that. Um, also, also so, so he got, the sequel, so. replacing hmm. Pierce Brosnan, which you know, yeah, not not a terrible, not a terrible replacement. Anyway, carry on. Uh, yes, so he goes to Camp Half Blood um, and is sort of yeah, fits in straight away. There's a weird oh yeah, learns his discovers his latent powers of controlling water and healing from running a tap. <laughs> from, <laughs> I, I get the feeling. He's being slightly withering. I'm just picking up a little little bit of a tone. I don't mean to be so withering, but yeah. Just um, from running a tap, he puts his he, hand when, in the river. Yeah, okay, and then... And then heals because his dad's Poseidon. What about Obviously. this are you not getting? So the, um, they have to... Uh, sorry, um, Pierce Jackson is goat friend and a lady. He has a name, and she has one too. Grover. Do they in the film then? And Annabeth. Do they? Yes, they do. Okay. They do. They say it often. I know, you know, it was a minority actor and a woman, so you were trained to ignore them, but like. Yeah. <laughs> well, the film introduces Annabeth as some like absolutely fierce and worry, the toughest person in Camp Half Blood, and then she's given nothing to do for the entire film. Yeah, which is a shame because it's Alexandra Dario, who's awesome, and Hades is played by Steve Coogan. And I love that. Yes, that was great. Although in his CGI film, he looks a bit like the bad guy from Justice League. Actually, I was really, really impressed with the CGI. Um, when it's like the um, it, the, f- the film starts with uh, with Poseidon sort of rising up from the ocean, yeah. and it's a really good bit of CGI. I was really impressed because I thought the film came out in two thousand and four. Rob, are you, are you the son of the god of sarcasm? No, no, uh, that wasn't meant to be withering, but like, there's a point after. It was where, really good, well, but I thought it came out in 1979 before CGI <laughs> was a thing. Yeah. So yeah, I loved it. Well, there's a, I mean, the film has a weird attitude to disability. Um, there's a lot of people sort of, I'd say, pretending to be disabled because they're hiding their, um, you know, Pierce Brosnan in a wheelchair, Grover using um, uh, crutches, but. There's a bit where they make a thing how Percy Jackson has dyslexia and ADHD, but it's because he's magical. And it just seemed a bit callous. And I was watching it thinking, well, this was made in the early 2000s. It's a good job attitude has changed since then. It's like, okay, actually wasn't made that long ago, 10 years ago. You still think it's a bit, I don't know. I just find it a bit yeah, callous. I, it's I see, I think if the characters were younger, for for starters, like like they are in the book. Again, I haven't read the book. Yeah, you know, um, and I'm sure they are good. And from from talking to people who have read these things, they're like, oh no, they're brilliant. They're so much fun. 
Um, but I think I suppose all that stuff could kind of be excused from younger people, but because like I find I find the character of Percy Jackson quite irritating. He's like too cool to be this kind mm. of um I don't know, to be so if his actions are kind of like he, he he's confused and doesn't know what's going on, yet at the same time he's the coolest kid in class and it doesn't Yeah, well yeah. that's that's the kind of thing. It it's weird that they, they made it so um so kind of generic and he's just this kind of like handsome kind of kind of bad at his thing but not really because he doesn't know he's he's kind of just like stumbling through and and doing well and and showing up annabeth a lot of the time yeah. as well despite yeah, yeah, her yeah. being you know whatever um as you say established as as well she's the daughter of like the goddess of war or something or, athena or, 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 or like tactical battles or something yeah keep the, yeah she's meant to be um, a, a complete badass like just but uh and then he comes in and he's sort of best it's i mean like a lot of those films or, or stories often the main character isn't the most interesting it's the people around him you think frodo in lord of the rings and yeah harry potter it's sort of the supporting cast really sort of add to it but in this i don't think it's supporting cast to give them much to do no well i think again that's the sort of thing it, it's it's odd because yeah in the first book percy jackson is 12 he's 12 years old yes yeah. and he's quite slightly pudgy in fact he's described as slightly pudgy uh not the sort of lantern jawed kind of trendy haircut 17 year old logan lerman that they went with um and him sort of kind of going through and, and accidentally being badass at everything is uh yeah it is annoying it, it is irritating it's it's one of the things I, I think this it's yeah it's weird that they went so generic with it. It, it it's clear that they went for the harry Potter thing like clearly that's the reason they got chris columbus on board yeah. was because they can say from the director of harry potter um and the philosopher's stone and chamber of secrets so they could they could put that on the poster and, and you know dear god did they get their money's worth with that sort of stuff um but it seems odd to me that they wanted such an analogue um, for Harry Potter and yet kind of turned it into this sort of young adult type thing. It, it, it's kind of, the, the film is kind of weirdly horny and that's, that's kind of the deal. Like Grover is always trying to get his goat leg over. And, you know, there's clearly something with Annabeth and, and Percy, but it's kind of... I do like the fact it isn't uh, kind of really addressed because yeah. a, a lot of films like that, you know, it, it, it is. I like the fact it's kind of left. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I tell you, what, I remember what I was going to say now about the uh, about the, the sort of dyslexia and and ADHD and things like that. I I think because they if they're younger, there are kids who are that age who may be struggling in school um, and reading that, and it's kind of a thing. It's like blind kids when they found out that um, Daredevil was a blind man. Uh, Matt yeah. Murdock was blind. Apparently, you know, the, the, the kind of heads up at Marvel kind of thought this isn't going to do particularly well. Like, it's all right, but, you know, it's not going to whatever. And they had an influx of letters and everything from, from like, blind comic book readers, I guess, who were having them read to them but um, and loving the fact that Matt Murdock was one of them. Well, I guess it's it is sort of representation, but I don't know the way it's handled. It's me, a, it's, it's a bit weird, but I I I kind of thought of uh, wanted, you know, with James McAvoy and he's having panic attacks. 
and mm. it's because he's actually an assassin and he, he needs all that adrenaline to do crazy badass assassin flips and things. So I kind of thought, yeah, it's taking, it's taking what is seen as a weakness or at least uh, something which, which is, makes things more difficult and turning it into uh, a, a positive, which I, I don't think is a bad thing. I think the way that they do it is a bit slapdash and a bit kind of like a bit trite. Um, and if you're really annoyed by the Logan Lerman Percy, that isn't, that isn't going to kind of like help things. Is it? <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say uh, I'm annoyed by him. I think. I think I'm. Sort of, I think I'm sounding harsher than I actually found the film. It was. It was. It was all right. It was a sort of enjoyable, uh, sort of uh, popcorn you know, Sunday type film, I guess. Mm. So the main plot of it is someone has stolen the lightning, um, and Sean Bean uh, thinks it was Percy Jackson. Yes. So they. Uh, Percy and Grover and Annabeth journey into the real world to go into uh, into Hades. Sorry, into into hell to get it back to get the lightning back from Hades. Sort of, but no, to, sa- yeah, to save no to, to save tell them mom. he hasn't stopped. Yeah, to save his mum. Yes. His mum, uh, Catherine Keener, gets dusted away to Hades by a Minotaur, and I didn't quite understand that bit, um, but. Yeah, so he has to. He wants to save her, uh, but then he decides he'll go to hell or Hades um, to tell Hades that he doesn't have the lightning bolt, which seems very strange to me. Yes, it does. When you say it was a, you know, it, it does. If he was twelve, yeah, fine. It sort of sounds quite yeah. idealistic. Yeah, but he's seventeen. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like you know, they can drive. And everything like what no you're, you're too old to be this stupid um so yeah it, it's an odd one because from what i understand the the film's kind of biggest plot holes and everything come from the fact that they kind of ignored the book for most of it yeah. um the 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 kind of um persephone kind of pearls is a complete invention of the film is it yeah so they've got a journey to get these three pills to then and get to Hades, and one of them they find with uh, modern day Medusa, who is Uma Thurman, in a garden centre, and all her victims are, are statues, like uh, sculptures I, in a garden. I love I that like thing. That. I love yeah, that. I, li- I like that you see all the different ages of uh, of the people she's caught. And I, I will defend, even though it is it is shameless product placement. I do like the fact that with the whole defeating Medusa using the mirrored shield. Percy doesn't have a shield, but he does have the back of his iPod classic. Um, and I like that. That's that's a modern take on it. Why not? Yeah. Um, yeah. Although I really, really hate his kind of like supposedly badass line after he slices off her head. He just says, heads up. Oh. And you're just like, yeah. come on. Like, when when you have sort of one-liners um like like that you've either got to go cheesy or cheesy good. or good yeah there's no in between heads up is just nothing heads up is a is a belch of a line G- give him something better should have quit when she was ahead 
Yeah, well, exactly. Like I thought, I thought I'd head her off. <laughs> That's the thing. Go for the, he just keeps coming up with them, and and they're just like, look, we need to go. Time is of the essence. Like we got. That's what. That's why. That's why he took the head with her just to keep making puns. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're gonna head off this way. Yeah, and they're just like Percy. Like man, they, you killed someone. You sliced off her head. <laughs> We've got the head, and none of this is normal. Can you stop making douchebag puns? So the next stone is in Vegas, and the, um, no, the next, like the next stone, the next stone is um, in the Parthenon thing that they've got. Oh uh, yeah, yes, that's a real thing as well. I looked that up. Yes, yeah. um, I was I was staggered that that was a real thing, and I I quite like the fact that they keep finding these kind of actual all right links with ancient Greece in America. I, I do quite like, yeah, the sort of the, the sort of hiding in plain sight. Yeah, I, I quite like that. And, and you know, I think it's the Parthenon, isn't it? The, the, the I think thingy, so. Yeah, big thing, columns and shit, Greek, you know. Um, and, yeah, so they go there and they fight the Hydra. And, and then, yes, the third one is going to Vegas and they go to a casino. And it's a bit strange that, that none of them seem to know Greek mythology. You know, it's a hydra. <laughs> ben knock off its head then. <laughs> well, you got it. You, you've always got to have that scene though, haven't you? You've always got to yeah. see where where like the hero cuts off the head, makes another shit head pun, you know, <laughs> um, and 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 looks all smug, and then suddenly you've got his friends like going, oh no. And then you look and you've got the music kind of swaying, and then more heads come out and it's, you know, that's... Excellent, more time for head puns. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's in his element, you know. Um, but the fact he didn't make it a thing. The fact that, like, Percy, you've been chopping off a lot of heads recently. Are you sure you're okay? Like, because if you need to talk, man, like... This this is a long road trip. We've got a lot of time to just kind of hash out these problems, but you know, I like it. That's uh, that's all right. So yeah, the, the the casino I think is a I I think because we, we we chatted about it a bit before, and and I think we both agreed that that's a high point of the movie. Is it not? The, they go to so they go to Vegas for another one of the Persephone stones. Yes, um, and get sort of trapped there. It, yeah, that's that's a trope of these so these you know they get sort of seduced by everything you know the, the sort of the party and the, the sort of the beautiful people and then they end up st- then uh, they're eating these lotus flowers and which sort of drugs them into a state of happiness so they end up uh, they then realize they've been there for uh, for ages and i like the way that percy jackson realizes that they've been there for ages because he runs into someone playing uh pinball a French connection pinball. A French connection pinball. Machine. And then says, he says, I love the French connection. I have it on DVD. And the guy who's clearly from the 70s says, what's a DVD? Whereas now, if it was modern Percy Jackson, an, an old, you know, someone trapped, they could go, oh, I have that on DVD. And the youth of today, Ben, would say, what's a DVD? <laughs> so it's come full circle. Yeah, it has. It has. So, so Yeah. Yes, it's a weird one. I mean, he couldn't be more from the 70s. He's got a Who t-shirt on. He's, uh, you know, he's kind of there. Yeah, what's a DVD? It's it, so, it's going to be like that Back to the Future line. You know, give me a tab. That hasn't, yes. you, know, you know, give me a Pepsi free. If you want a Pepsi, pal, you're going to have to pay for it. 
just timeless references. I think I might, might keep a running uh, running count of how many times you can cram a Back to the Future reference into the, the, these episodes. Do it, butthead. Um, <laughs> um, so then the final one is, and the entrance to uh, Hades, or Hell, um, is in Hollywood, which means that you get to see an, in our uh, one of our many seasons of unbroadcastable pilots, um, we said that one of my favourite things in movies, I just as a dice, oh, I like that, is when you see the Hollywood sign. So you see the Hollywood sign, and then they go into into hell. And I'm certain they don't really focus on it, which I was quite surprised though, given the rest of the film, that when they're in, when it's changed, they are now in hell. The Hollywood sign does say hell, doesn't it? But you only see it from the back. I don't know. I okay. I, I I haven't noticed that because I thought I saw that, and then I thought, well, they'll go back to it if they have, but they never went back. So maybe, yeah, I, I, I don't know whether it was kind of like a throwaway thing or maybe I just okay. Well, didn't. Uh, this is a note to future Ben when you're listening and editing this. Go back and see if that's true. So just and then you can drop in yeah. things shouting at how wrong I am. Yeah, but either way, so just just or if I'm right, you can edit you saying it. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh, well, done, well done, Ben. That's a very good point. <laughs> See, very interesting. Don't, you got to make me work for the lines at least so I can make myself look <laughs> like a genius. Hello, this is future editor Ben. I watched the scene again, and when they take the boat ride through the underworld, they do indeed emerge from a Hollywood-inspired sign that reads Hell. 50 and Orac points to Rob. Back to the rambling. I think Hell looks quite nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So there's a there's a fountain which is just fire, which I thought was quite cool. And then you have Steve Coogan as Hades, who was brilliant, I thought. He was really good. Well, he kind of looks like Justin Hawkins from The Darkness. Yes, yes, a, a really up-to-date reference. Yeah, that's um, an incredible reference. All the kids will know who um, The Darkness are. Um, or were. Or were. And, yeah. uh, Rosario Dawson is a very unimpressed Persephone. I thought she was brilliant. Well, that that whole sequence then is, is great because it's too awesome actors doing awesome actory type things um yes. i think because the thing is the thing is with this film is like the design of everything is really really well done like the hades is really well realized the actual kind of like the underworld itself is is kind of great i like the sort of modern take on certain things like you said the opening scene with poseidon where he's like i don't know 30 foot tall coming out of the ocean and things like that like mm. it, that's great and the water effects water is is uh, from what i understand quite hard to do in cgi still i think it was quite hard to do i think it kind of isn't now yeah i think they probably got more kind of fluid kind of but but the actual i mean when this when this film came out in 2004 it, <laughs> it was quite hard to do <laughs> but you know the fact that they have a, a lot of water in this film spoilers i guess um it you know it it it, it still looks good um, so, you know, I'm, 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 I'm impressed with that sort of thing. And I, I'd like the certain things. However, I will now share it with you because, um, Rick Ryden has, have you got him here with us? I have. He's oh, cool. so, um, well, it's almost as good because he kind of lays out his problem with the movie in this huge blog post he did. Okay. Um, he shared uh, uh, his notes to the producers of the movie on, on the script. Well, he's, uh, I know he said 
that he didn't particularly like the films, but he's grateful that it led people to the books. And I think he's got more of an involvement with the Disney Plus series. Yeah, that that is for sure. I think he's he's learned his lesson that he uh, he can't he can't kind of let this out of his sight now. Um, so you know, and and fair enough. Like if if you're gonna adapt something and then change basically everything about it, what the hell is the point in adapting it in the first place? Well, the books still exist. They, um, with anything like everything like this, like yeah, they do. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do find with some, with some books, you sort of watch the films, and when you go back and read the books again, you see basically the film instead of seeing what you know what you saw the first time. The image built in your head is now what the film was. Mm. But the, you know, it's not like they've destroyed all the uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians books. They, they do still exist, so you can still read them. It's yeah. Like, yeah, but like, um, we, it's just a different version of a story. I mean, stories are often retold and remade. And uh, Yeah, definitely. Uh, but I always see, I always see, you know, oh, the movie version, that's like the ultimate version of that thing for me, even though, you know, of, often book adaptations always suffer because it's never as vibrant or as brilliant as it is in your head. Um, well, Dark Materials. I mean, I've, I've not seen the I'm Golden st- Compass film, I'm and I don't think I, I, don't think ta- I ever will. tally for Dark Materials stuff. If you're going to be back to the future me. <laughs> um, but the series is is phenomenal. It's so well-realised, and it's such a good adaptation of the book. So whenever, you know, there's an adaptation of something, like, you know, I kind of, I, I want to see that movie, because you can, you've got all mm. the music, you've got the kind of action, you've got the writing, you've got everything there. And, and, you know, that's, that's the kind of, to me, that's what stories are kind of working towards, even though, you know, I'm sure that people go, yeah, I just know the book and the ultimate thing, because there's a film in your head and everything. And yeah, I get that. But for me, it's, it's the film. Like, you know, if someone said there's this awesome book, I'd be like, brilliant. I've read that book. It's a good book. Really, really good book. Oh, they're doing a movie. I can't wait. And so when, when you adapt something like that, I do think you have to take that on board because it's like, it's clear that, you know, it was selected by committee. Oh, what do we have that can rival Harry Potter? Oh, well, this thing, Percy Jackson, sort of like Harry Potter, but Greek gods instead of, you know, wizards. Cool. Okay, let's do that. You know, it's it's... It's that sort of thing, but I want I want to I want to read you uh, just an excerpt from his note to the producers. Uh, this is in January two thousand and nine, so five years after the film was released. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So he's he's blanked out he's he's blanked out the the actual people it was addressed to, but it says. But surely you could just work that out from <laughs> reading the film, seeing who produced it. Quite possibly. It. Uh, hi. XXXXX. I understand that the decision has been made to age the main characters in the film to 17. As no one wants to see this film succeed more than I do, I hope you'll let me share a couple of reasons why this is a bad idea from a money-making point of view. First, it kills any possibility of a movie franchise. I don't know if you or your staff have had the chance to read Father than the Lightning Thief in the Percy Jackson series, but there are four other volumes. The series is grounded on the premise that Percy must progress from age 12 to age 16, when according to a prophecy, he must make a decision that saves or destroys the world. I assume that nameless person would at least like to keep open the option of sequels, assuming the first movie does well. Starting Percy at 17 makes this undoable. I'm sure that a noble person for the first Harry Potter movie 
some in the studio argued for the, making the characters older to appeal to a teen audience. Fortunately, they took the long view and stayed true to the source material, which allowed them to grow a lucrative franchise. This would have been impossible if they'd started Harry at 17. The same principle applies here. Which I, I don't think you can say fairer than that, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's a fair point. Because so, his actions and, and, and sort of, I don't know, his, the things he says don't really fit with the age of the character. No. And so, so this was this was a couple of months later. Once he had actually like read the movie script, um, he says, "Thank you for letting me look at the script. It's very important for me that the movie does well. I also take my role seriously as an advocate for fans of the book who have been pleading with me for four years. Please don't let them change the story. In my view, the two go together. When I look at children's books that have been made into movies over the past few years, I see a direct correlation between how faithful an adaptation is and how well it does at the box office. I'm not sure the movie industry sees this connection." as they keep making the same mistakes over and over again. But it's pretty clear to me and to the young readers I talk to every day. So he says, he likes a few things about the adaptation. Um, he says, Annabeth's first appearance was good. I like how she's been, uh, she's been made a more physically challenging rival of Percy. The scene in Las Vegas is mostly good. I like the entrance to the underworld being at the Hollywood sign. Um, having said that, here's the bad news. The script as a whole is terrible. Yeah, wow. I don't simply mean that it deviates from the book, though it certainly does to the point of being almost unrecognisable as the same story. Fans of the books will be angry and disappointed. They will leave the theatre in droves and generate horrible word of mouth. This is an absolute given if the script goes forward as it stands now. But the big problem is that even if you pretend the book doesn't exist, the script doesn't work as a story in its own right. Um, so, and it, he really, he really kind of like, just takes them to task on age appropriate yeah. content structure uh different kind of things but this this was the kind of the thing that sort of really summed up to me he said the Percy books are family orientated they are read primarily by children aged 9 to 12. you will have i hope a large number of parents bringing their 9 to 12 year old children to see this movie expecting to see something age appropriate as one of those parents i would walk my kids right out the cinema if the movie included some of the language and content presently in the script in the page-by-page -page comments below, I've listed the words and scenes I'm concerned about. I don't mind being a little subversive and pushing boundaries, but there is nothing radical, fresh, or interesting about biotch, ass, or shit. It's a lazy attempt to make the script seem hip to teens, but such language has been overused to the point it doesn't even rate as a cheap laugh anymore. Um, I'm talking with fourth and fifth graders all the time about this upcoming movie. I would be horrified if I steered them into a movie with this kind of content. I wouldn't see it. I wouldn't let my kids see it. I wouldn't recommend anyone else see it. And I certainly wouldn't want my name associated with it. Please do not sex up my children's story. If you take out all the lines I've flagged and put in something funnier and fresher, but not blatantly crude, you will have a stronger script and a wider appeal. So he doesn't mince words. No, no. Um, there's also... Uh, he, he he was fairly active on Twitter. I don't know if he still uh, tweets as much as he used to, but um, uh, he was told that in the sequel, there's uh, one of the uh, zombie uh, crewmen is named Riordan. He said, perhaps it's a metaphor, taking something alive and turning it into a mindless corpse. Hmm, would that apply to anything? Nah. <laughs> that was he, he made it August twenty fifth, two thousand thirteen. So he he was clearly he's clearly been stung and and fair yeah. enough. And I want to say that I do. There was a reason why I got you to watch these films because I do think there is good in there. 
I do think that there are some cool ideas, but I also think it, it shows a complete lack of... It feels quite as... Uh, not, not, it doesn't feel quite cynical, but it does feel a bit like a cash-in. As you say, that you know, the Hunger Games was... You, you look at all the studios with the different tentpoles, and you know, you know, uh, there was Harry Potter in in one studio, the Hunger Games in another. And, well, it's you know, it's like uh, 2010. Marvel was kind of on the up. Well, it, it's like um, it's like the early. It's like it, funny. It's like the early kind of superhero days where you know X Men came out and that was a big hit, and then Spider Man kind of codified that as like, wow, this really is box office gold. And then yeah. all the studios were just like, what do we own the rights to? Oh, we we have powers, lad. He's the lad who has some superpowers. Make it, just make it. Or or, or when everyone was trying to was trying to do a cinematic universe. Like oh god, five six years they're ago. still trying. Like, like the MonsterVerse and the and yeah, the dark uh, the dark universal and oh yes, the the dark universe of one film. Although, aren't they doing something else with that? I can't remember. They've. I think a lot of the films have been going to Blumhouse to do sort of smaller, uh, smaller type genre films. I think that'd be cool. But yeah, not everything can um, be a universe, and you got to make your you got to make your stories interesting in order to make people want to see the next instalment. Well, I guess I guess as audiences, we can tell kind of when you st- you actually haven't seen the movie, have you? No, we. I've seen I've seen the the, uh, the TV series. Um, Quite a bit, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, no, I'm I'm going to get you to watch Golden Compass. Uh, no, you're going to. <laughs> you're going to. Whether I have to, I'll, I'll sit. I'll sit. I'll sit that. If way. I have to clockwork orange you, yeah, you will. <laughs> you're watching it. It's weird because I think people were very very sniffy about Percy Jackson uh, for, for for the right reasons. I think. But there was some kind of things, oh, it's just a Harry Potter knockoff. Well, yes and no. You know, Harry Potter is kind of a, a, a kind of, it owes a debt to things like Sword in the Stone, things like The Worst Witch. It, all these things flow into each other. So, you know, there, there's no point in getting sort of like precious about it. Oh, no, no, no. And the things can, things can exist alongside each Of course. Other. And and I think the TV series has, has uh, the potential to be really, really good because I've always liked... Greek mythology, I've always found it interesting, and I've always found the, the sort of thing that the gods are just as flawed as us, more so. And and I I sort of like there are certain things I like, like when um, Luke says that they all have daddy issues. Yeah, well, of course they do. That's 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 a cool kind of thing. I like the fact that there's this sort of you know these gods are, are deadbeat parents, you know, because they're off in Olympus doing god stuff. So. I mean, we haven't actually mentioned that, yeah, the ultimate bad guy, the actual lightning thief, turns out to be one of the other people at Hogwarts High. Yes. Um, well, it turns out to be Luke. I mean, again, I don't think anyone cares. We, have, we haven't mentioned him yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, I did, I thought he was okay. I thought, um, I, I liked that he, before he's revealed to be the the, the, the little bad, um, he has a sort of a tent, his, his own tent at at Camp Half-Blood, where he's got all sort of like modern conveniences, and he says it's um, it's, it's nice to have, nice to get away from the Renaissance fair. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was the thing, and it felt 
in order to feel that sort of betrayal or whatever, like because he was meant to come no, across no, as the old cool older brother type, you know, don't worry about it, Percy. Like, yeah, come here, let's yeah. I know that all this shit is weird. You know, come play a bit of um modern warfare, um, you know, that sort of thing. But they don't spend nearly enough time with him. So when he's like, fuck everything, I'm a bad guy, he's like, Okay, sure. See, watching it, um, I mean, it was, it, yes, it, I mean, obviously, since you've read that stuff that the author said, I, when I was watching it at the time, I did think, um, apart from how good the CGI was for a film that came out in 1994, because <laughs> um, there were so many gaps and, and sort of things just seemed to happen for no particular reason or, or characters weren't really developed. And I started to sort of think about the, the, the films that I enjoy where I'd read the book. Um, and I, 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 I was always wondering, is, is this what someone who's never read Harry Potter thinks if they're watching the film or, or if they've not read that materials for um when they're watching the tv series that, that you, you know i don't need the explanations because i i know it because i've read it. I, I mean possibly i mean but that's just bad conveyance no matter what i think a good adaptation does sell the story and and kind of you you, you don't need to know all the little things i mean the references to uh because i haven't read the books um, but, the, you know, with, with something like Harry Potter, you know, there, there are kind of references to things that the sort of hardcore fans would get. Um, but no, at the end of the day, it's you're putting it on in a different format. You've got to tell a story. And the thing is, with this film and Sea of Monsters, they're both sort of like just kind of stapled together bits of nonsense half the time. Like, it's just like, OK, we need to get from one set piece to the other. He needs to do this. You know, I'm sure they thought they were geniuses when they came up with the Persephone's Pearls thing in, in the first one because they, they had an idea for the three different set pieces and they're just like, how do we link this? Yeah. Um, you know, no, it, it's bad storytelling. I'm sure and I'm sure if you read the book and were watching this, you'd be like, what the hell? Look how they massacred my boy. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So should we move on to uh, Percy Jackson and all the Sea of Monsters? And all the Sea of Monsters, yes. Uh, I think it is just Percy Jackson colon Sea of Monsters. Yes, because by this point Harry Potter is a forgotten memory, and we're all about the colons now. We're all about the colons. Well, it... so this came out. This came out in 2013, and again, my uh, I know, vague memory was it was actually a film that came out. I, I think I thought the gap was much bigger between the two films because I I remember when it came out, there was almost a sense of why. So I thought it had come out sort of like five or six years after the first film. <laughs> Clearly, um, it's just a blind spot for you, Rob. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing it advertised at the cinema and <laughs> thinking, yeah, it's, it's not for me. Yeah. Um, so the opening uh, shows three people going into Camp Half-Blood, one of whom, so they're on the run from something, they're being pursued, one of whom I think is a young Annabeth. Yes. Um, and then one of them, the, uh, someone is the daughter of Zeus who uh, dies and is sort of, Zeus turns her into a tree to protect the camp. Yes. Um, so that means, so now Annabeth is a sort of, he's, you know, late teens like Percy Jackson. Um, so they haven't really had protection from it for that long. No. Um, but then there's a, yeah, there's a sort of a, a competition amongst, um, amongst all the students um, in what is basically like, do you remember the Total Wipeout program on BBC? I do. It was that. And everyone's in like new fashion, like the changing sort of between the Harry Potter films. You know, one year they're, they're all sort of clean shaven, then they've all got beards and long hair. Yeah, you got Fallout um, on the soundtrack. 
Yeah. It's very trendy. Well, it was when it came out, sort of. Um, and Percy Jackson is now the loser, like the bottom of the class. And it's a really weird character shift from that from that first film. I, I didn't quite understand. Well, I think I think the the whole um, the concept of him not being a one quest wonder is interesting. I love the fact that the, the, all the demigods they do, they, you know, they go on quest. Um, I mean, his happened to save the entire world, but you know, yeah. Now now he's just like wondering whether he he's got kind of impostor, but not really because he still manages to be smug. Uh, in <laughs> yeah, so a mechanical bull attacks the protection tree. So the protection tree we didn't know he had until two minutes ago has now gone. Well, no well, well, they had they had the shield in the first one. The mum couldn't get through, and then the minotaur got her. Uh, so yeah. do you want to do you want to back that Sark truck up? <laughs> oh. No, I did like the the uh, the bull versus the pencil. The pencil bell has. Uh, Look, he's, has had a bit of a makeover. It looks a bit fancier. Yeah. Um, so Percy Jackson f- faces down the bull and wins. You're uh, really selling it, Rob. To people who haven't um, seen it. Um, there's a, a really not actually a bit. I thought was really good. Was um, he goes to find a prophecy, and there's a skeleton who has lens flare for eyes, but then the prophecy is told through um, like stained glass windows. And I thought that was stunning. Yeah, I mean, again, it, it's there are sorry mo- moving stained glass windows. I guess like it was animated in in stained yeah, glass. Yeah, I'm I'm always a sucker for anything that's sort of like an animated version of of something. Like they have um, in Black Panther, they have the vibranium at the beginning with the, the kind of yes, that's cool. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. in uh, Hellboy Two, the Golden Army, they've got the sort of wooden kind of puppets. It, even in uh, is it Deathly Hallows? It is with the three brothers, yeah. the animated thing that yeah, I'm cool. a soccer for all of that in films. When they when they cut to a little animated sequence and and yeah, and the the, the stained glass kind of thing. Yeah, I thought stained very, glass. Very, very cool. Though. Yes. Yeah. Credit where it's due. And we've got Stanley Tucci being awesome. As Dionysus. Yes. Uh, and, and so Anthony Head is the same character as Pierce Brosnan. Yes, Anthony Head has replaced Pierce Brosnan. Right, okay. I just thought he was another centre. <laughs> well, yeah, it's nice that you, you think they don't all look the same. <laughs> he, he's he's the same guy. I, I guess Pierce Brosnan was too busy singing other songs on a Greek island. Yeah, but you know, Anthony Head. I mean, dude made a a career out of what firstly selling coffee, but then then kind of you know giving exposition and talking about prophecies and everything that's yes, that's his bread and butter that's, like you yeah. know so so having him do that as a horseman i'm down i'm down the, the sort of crux of this one is is percy's got a half brother a cyclops who is a cyclops yes yeah um they they, they never quite get the effects right with him i always looks weird no, so they just, they just they just give him um sunglasses or a magical spray to make him look as they say normal yeah. um so again weird attitudes to uh to sort of body representation yeah yeah well, he, he's proud of it by the end he goes on a little oh, arc. Yeah. that's fine um as long as he did he was like yes i was right to hide my shame um but it's yeah it's just not 
as there there are some ideas in Lightning Thief, there are some kind of things that I kind of connected with, and I was like, you know what, this is better than your standard, you know, kind of Harry Potter esque movie. With Sea of Monsters, I was just like, this is just what people were saying the first one is. Um, okay. it, 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 there are bits that I like, but it's not nearly as good, in my opinion. So they have to uh, to I think fix the tree. They need to go and get. Uh, the god, the golden fleece of Greek mythology. Yes. Um, so they go off on a journey to find that. Well, he doesn't. Clarice is tasked with doing yes. it. But then Luke um, is behind the mechanical ball. That's not much of a spoiler. I don't think anyone cares about the Percy Jackson movies anyway. It's a good thing we're doing a podcast about them. Um, <laughs> and and so and he he's got a big plan to uh, resurrect Kronos, the sort of Big bad of old who will destroy Olympus and the world. And he was defeated by uh, Zeus, Hades, and Poseidon. Yes. Yes. So, so that's that's the uh, that's the thing there that he wants to bring him back. So that's the, that's your that's your peril. That's your ticking clock. Is that Luke is on on the warpath trying to get Cronus back? Well, his his reasoning is the big three destroyed Cronus. Sort of their forefathers, so the young whippersnapper gods should kill the old gods. Yeah, it's it's some it's some left at the traffic lights kind of thinking, but you know, the dude's a fucking nut bar, so I get it. He's talking about you know he's it's the, the sort of even though it's not Greek, but it's like the Ragnarok thing of things being purged and then coming back. You know, so he's just yes. like you know yeah. we we. we Take our own place, but it's, it's sort of okay. So our gang take a taxi ride um, with sort of three witches. The taxi ride I thought was quite good. Yeah, they definitely saw the night bus sequence in Harry Potter, didn't they? <laughs> um, one, I think, I think one of them was Yvette Nicole Brown. <laughs> one of them is Yvette Nicole Brown. So, so yes, good to see her uh, community represent and all that. Uh, and they go to visit uh, Luke's dad, who is Hermes, and they go to a giant UPS. Um, if this had been filmed in the UK, they could have gone to actual Hermes. Yeah, but then they would show all the parcels like being on the floor and left in puddles and just thrown everywhere. It would be bad business. So this, I, I really like this scene where they go to UP, uh, they go to UPS. Um, and we've got Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion, who has a, a fantastic line where he's. Well, so so Nathan Fillion is Hermes, um, not not the delivery people, but the god. Um, though his character's kind of because he's talked about in the first film as like Luke's terrible father, and then he's just quite a nice guy in this. Yeah, well, but, I like the fact that he doesn't he doesn't abdicate responsibility. He's kind of like you know, Luke is my problem. I've tried and tried with him. Like I don't hmm. know what else to do. I but I'm I'm busy running stuff here, as you can see. You know, um, but I can help you, and uh, and yeah, and then you've got the the firefly gag. Well, uh, yes, so he, uh, uh, yes, he had. Um, uh, he gives them sort of some uh, some magical gifts, and one of them is a flask, which is modelled on his favourite TV show, which he says best TV show ever. So of course, cancelled, which I don't get because Castle has gone on for a number of seasons. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's old Captain Tight Pants. Don't 
Yeah, no, yeah, it was good. It was a, it was a good line. I it like was. It. And it's sort of the look, the look of sort of frustration. I thought it was good, but I like the whole UPS thing. I like that. Uh, I like that. Um, the sort of the hidden in plain sight. It's kind of a bit like the stuff they did in Men in Black. Yeah, and that's the stuff that I I liked about the first one. And they needed more of that. The sort of like what it's been here the entire time. So that, yeah, the UPS like Hermes. It makes sense that he'd be running it. Um, but they didn't. They didn't have as much of it this time it was more like oh it's a creepy theme park for some reason like what was the reasoning behind that so yeah so they go to a creepy theme park where there's an actual cyclops is he an actual cyclops he is yeah um and he is yeah protecting the grave of chronos i guess i whilst luke and the uh, luke and his band of baddies are trying to Resurrect using the fleece to resurrect Kronos. Yes. Um, so the climactic fight is with a regenerated Kronos. Yeah. Um, which is that was shot quite strangely because there's a bit where oh hang on. I, I guess it's jumping ahead, but at the end it turns out Grover got eaten, but I don't actually remember that happening. Uh, Grover got eaten. Okay. Yeah, because he comes back at the end when the. So one of the things I've written down is death is meaningless. Well, because this film is <laughs> just, so many fake was outs. Say, was, was that just like part of your diary that made it into sort of... <laughs> those your emo lyrics? Uh, yeah. Another timely reference. Um, yeah, it is. I mean, when you've got uh, the Golden Fleece, which has resurrective properties... Well, and also Percy can just stick his hand under the tap and resurrect people. Will you stop with that? The tap, the water, it's an established power. You know, so it's just this is just paid for by like pro homeopathy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yes, death is meaningless in this film because you've got the big MacGuffin. Well, his brother uh, sacrifices himself because Percy doesn't want his brother to come along, but then he sacrifices He's himself to, to save his brother, Percy. In fact, yes. And yeah, yeah, and yeah. and the Percy's not a likable person. No, in in the in the you know they do they do kind of make up, but. It doesn't feel kind of particularly earned. He's he's a dick to his brother. Uh, they all are. I mean, Annabeth has a reason because she has previous negative experiences with cyclopses. Um, but but even so, the co- the uh, collective term is a cyclopedia. Okay, well, we're going out on that joke. Thank you very much for joining us. <laughs> you know, she, so she's she's had a bad experience, so you can understand her getting over her prejudice but percy he's just like nah he's fine and whatever and yeah then he doesn't want to but percy's a, a real dick in this one yeah yeah uh, so the brother sort of dies but then comes back because being a son of poseidon also has the magic water uh, annabeth dies but then comes back because they've got the fleece grover gets eaten but then comes back because they defeat Kronos. so then they take the fleece back to Camp Half-Blood and put it on the tree and it works too well and resurrects Talia, the daughter of Zeus. Uh, because throughout it, there's been this prophecy that Percy Jackson is sort of... Because he's the only child of one of the big three gods, he's destined for don't know, to save humanity. And then it turns out that there's now two of them. Yes. So in the sequel, it could be Talia, but it will probably be Percy Jackson. Um, and then we move on to the third one, Percy Jackson and <laughs> the... Yeah, no, no, it never happened. So uh, th- there are elements of this film I like. I, th- um, I mean, it was, I did feel the tallier stuff was a bit shoehorned in to almost give um, give Annabeth something to do. Mm. 
but it, it doesn't really. I don't. I don't think it really fits. I thought Clarice was good. Um, I thought she was like more interesting than than, than the main characters. Um, I like the the stained glass thing. I thought was fantastic. I, like, I really like the UPS bit. Um, I thought there, there's a bit where they they ride on this, like a Civil War steamboat, uh, populated by a zombie crew. I thought that was quite mm. nice. I like the hippocampus. Uh, the seahorse yeah. horse. Yeah. Yeah, that was nice. That was quite nice Nice to realise. For, for a film called Sea of Monsters, there weren't many monsters in the sea. There was like a toothy fish and that was it. Well, there's like a a snorkelling sarlacc. Was that a toothy fish? Yeah, that was, that was the big thing they end up in the belly of. All oh, right, okay. So it was Sea of Monster. It's, yeah. Yeah. Seas of Monster. Seas of Monster. Um... I guess Luke and his cronies um, yeah. on the yacht, they're in the sea as well. Do they count as monsters? No. They were, no. Um, where were the gods? Olympus. And Zeus didn't show right. up again. And where was his mum? Because in the first film, you know, it was all about his mum and then doesn't even mention her. Uh, well, Catherine Keener was clearly smarter than a lot of people. <laughs> she and Brosnan got together and were just like, we're not doing that shit again. And at the end of the first film, there was a post-credit scene where they'd kept uh, the head of Medusa in the fridge. Where was that? That would have been useful. That would have been cool. Oh, no, it would have been decent. But no. No. No, they kind of... I, I, think, I think everyone was checked out by this point. I think it was one of those things where they weren't... It was just... It, the first one made enough, just enough money, so they're just like, let's do a sequel, because that's what they do. And then, you know... Hmm it was pretty much creatively bankrupt. So, you know, there are some, there are some decent ideas in it, but, uh, I think there are some, yeah, there's some nice set pieces. There are some decent ideas. So the important question of, do you have franchise fatigue from it? Of that version? Hell yeah. I, they ran out. They, they clearly ran out of steam. They didn't have much to start with. They kind of stumbled out of the starting block, but I, I believed in it. Like I, I, when I saw Lightning Thief, I was like, you know what, this has potential. And then I remember going to see Sea of Monsters, and I was like, oh dear, it's gone even more generic uh, than than the first one. Um, I want to see it done properly. I will be watching the Disney okay. Plus series um, because I, I, I think the concept is brilliant. I really do. I think it's 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 such a good kind of take on the whole thing, and and Greek mythology is so fascinating um you know all, all the kind of stories wrapped up and, and kind of giving that to uh, a new audience in in a sort of palatable way is great um you know it might get them to read more of the sort of the classics get an interest in mythology you know get a master's in history that could happen Maybe. <laughs> um but but you know like that i I like things like that. So yeah, Disney Plus series. No, I don't have tea, but yeah, we, I'm, these these films kind of ran out of steam as my patience was running out. So, <laughs> see, I, I don't think I'd watch them again. These films. Um, I mean, I've seen them, yeah, but I, I, I don't. I, I'm in absolutely no rush to go back to to watch them. I'm not even sure I'd check out the series. Um, maybe I'll give it a go, but yeah, I'm. So, yeah, I think I really am fatigued by wow. having seen both films once. And I feel a bit sad. I don't want to be so so cynical and sort of mean about them. But It's okay. Yeah. Rob, what's going to happen is that I'm going to sit you down and we're going to watch Percy Jackson, the series, and then we're going to watch Golden Compass. 
and I'm going to hold your eyes open, and you're going to like See, it. See, when you said I'm, when you said I'm going to sit you down, you sounded really gentle, like it was going to be a nice time. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to sit you down. I'm going to talk to you nicely. So let's do the bucket list uh, of which way round you would rank uh, the the films. Then we'll add up the points to find <laughs> well, out. Well, the official ranking. Thief so is the ben. superior movie. So okay, so you you put the lightning yeah. thief first and Sea of Monsters second. I would put Sea of Monsters first and the lightning <laughs> thief second. So not not just because uh, you like it, uh, you like lightning thief so much. Um, I just, yeah, I just, I don't know. I think I was already disappointed by the first film. It just kind of met my expectations. <laughs> Fair enough. So, so we've learned nothing. <laughs> the bucket list. I think, it, I think, it, I think it possibly was the stained glass thing and the sort of the Nathan Fillion bit. I think that, that tipped uh, it over for you. Yeah, I guess it felt a bit more assured. Like it felt a bit more established, but yeah. The, so, in terms of points, it is a score draw. So both. Percy Jackson and the Olympians and the Lightning Thief and the Lion Lamb with Trinder Wardrobe and Percy Jackson or the Sea of Monsters are th- as good as each other. Yep. Yep. And and they are cast away and we shall not think about them again. Uh, well, I will, but Rob won't. Incidentally, we have mentioned, uh, I guess including this, um, uh, Harry Potter 27 times throughout this uh, this podcast. What, were you actually counting? Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that's what they wanted. That's it for this week. Thank you for uh, thank you very much for your time and thank you for listening. We'd love to have your feedback. Please email podcast at thepopcornbucket.com. You can find us over on Instagram at popcornbucketpod or over on Twitter at popcornbucketpd. You can use the hashtag TPBP. If you're able to, it would be great if you can rate the episode wherever you listen to your podcast and subscribe and share. Many thanks, take care, and see you next episode. What he said.